This is the Australian Water Association podcast series. My name's Ellen Fanning. I'm joined by Stuart Kahn. Stuart is an Associate Professor in the School of Civil and Environmental Engineering at the University of New South Wales. Uh, his research area explores the fate of trace organic contaminants during conventional and advanced water treatment processes with a particular emphasis on water recycling applications. So let's get right to it. It's about the yuck factor. I have used that water, it has come out of my body and been flushed away and you want me to somehow be convinced to drink it again. Indeed, so this yuck factor has been one of the the, the big issues, the big obstacles if you like, uh, for water utilities that have identified drinking recycled water as an opportunity to augment drinking water supplies, to to, um, increase the availability of, of drinkable water. Um, and it's something that there's been a lot of social science research on over the decades. We've learned a lot about it. Uh, we've learned that it's a very natural uh, sense for people to be repulsed by, by waste and by excretia. And there's very good reasons, evolutionary reasons uh, for that. And it doesn't take much imagination to think that people who were repulsed by uh, human excretia and moved away from it might have had better survival outcomes than, than those who weren't. Uh, and, and we have come a long way in terms of understanding um, why we have this sense of yuck to those sorts of issues, uh, but also in terms of how we might get, a, get over it in term, because what we're actually looking at is nothing like human excretia. We're talking about water that has been associated with sewage. It has come from sewers. It has been through sewage treatment plants. Uh, but by the time that we take that water and we treat it through the advanced treatment processes, you're really dealing with water that is the purest, cleanest drinking water available anywhere on earth. So it is important that we can somehow make that disconnection between wastewater, sewage as the source, and and the quality of water, the the product, the recycled water that we're drinking, um, are are, are very, very different. And it actually does us no favours at all to get bogged down in this idea of of yuck and trying to reconnect the two because they're, they're physically very, very different things. Before we dive down into the examples of um, where populations and and regulators have been convinced, yes, this is a good idea, Mm. and another case study of where the opposite occurred, Mm. why is it worth the argument? Why do it? And the why question has a different answer wherever you ask it. Uh, All cities are different. The geography is different. The layout of the water supply systems and the water catchment uh, in some in some cities, it would make absolutely no sense at all. But in other cities, you have a, one a need for additional water supply, drinking water supply, because we have droughts and population growth, which puts water on puts pressure on drinking water supplies. A very difficult or no option at all for alternative scenarios or alternative sources that we may think of. Um, the alternatives tend to be things like seawater desalination, which you can do if you live on the coast, but it's much, much more difficult if you're inland, uh, or pumping water very long distances in long pipelines, and, and that always involves taking water from somewhere else, so often involves moving a problem from one place to another. But pumping water around, moving water over long distances is very, very energy intensive and very expensive. Uh, and it turns out that treating wastewater, treating recycled water, uh, is first of all more than viable. It's something that we have a very high capability to be able to achieve in a very reliable way. Uh, but we cannot usually do it at a lower energy and at a lower cost 
than would be involved in treating saltwater, seawater, or, or, or pumping water long distances, whether that's overhill or even on a flat um, large distance as well. So, so they're the drivers in that if you look at a triple bottom line assessment, uh, you're going to look at uh, environmental impacts, you're going to look at energy and greenhouse gas footprint, and recycled water often compares very, very well compared to alternative options. Now, the people of Perth embraced uh, a groundwater replenishment project. Um, how were they persuaded to do that? Uh, I think the success story in Perth comes back to the fact that uh, they had a long time to plan. They didn't rush into uh, coming out and telling the community that uh, we need to build a recycled water scheme and we need to build it now, even though um, water supplies were very dire in Perth at the time, around 2005, 2006. Uh, they had other options that they could build at the same time and they built two big seawater desalination plants in Perth. So they were able to put the message to the community that recycled water makes sense. There are certain benefits uh, for building a water recycling scheme. Uh, but it's only part of the portfolio. It's not something that uh, is you, you have no choice in. We, we have to go ahead and do it. Uh, but, but here are the reasons why we think that, that this is a scheme that we should build. And we have a long time to do it. And they spent years. They, spent, uh, they, they started off building a very small pilot plant to get an understanding of how well the treatment processes would work with the particular water quality that they were dealing with. Uh, after that, they built a, um, a, a larger demonstration plant that produced water for about three years without any of that actually being reused um, for a recycled water project. Um, but that three years was an opportunity to undertake a lot of water quality testing, to make sure that they understood the reliability of the treatment processes, to work with the Western Australian Department of Health to make sure that they ticked all the boxes and answered all of the questions that needed to be answered in order for the health department to have confidence that, that this was something that they could support and that they could provide uh, approval for, for, for the operation for. They were also able, in that process, to bring the community on board. It's, it's a matter of having time. They brought school groups through uh, the demonstration plant. They brought uh, lots of different community groups. They, they were in touch with uh, the AMA, the, the Rotary Clubs, uh, many community leaders, and if you talk to people from, from Water Corporation in Perth, they talk about how it was important that they can't get out and communicate to a million people at once, but they can, they can identify community leaders, people who will influence opinion, people who other people will seek um, opinion from, uh, and if they can get them to understand how this project works and why this project should be um, a successful, acceptable project, then hopefully they will become advocates for the project and they will pass it uh, down the line. And, and the sense is that that happened and that that worked very well. Now, contrast that to Toowoomba. Yeah. Um, there was national attention. Uh, the people of Toowoomba were horrified yeah. uh, by the prospect of drinking recycled water and put a stop to it. So Toowoomba was very different. Toowoomba happened in 2006, right again, right at the peak of the drought, uh, the Commonwealth Government had just set up a, a, a scheme, a funding scheme to um, help local governments and state governments to be develop big uh, innovative water supply systems. And the, the councillors at Toowoomba and the, the um, engineers employed by Toowoomba City Council at the time um, identified that potable reuse was potentially a very useful strategy in that location. So they pounced on it. They um, submitted the application to the Commonwealth Government. Malcolm Turnbull was the water minister at the time. 
and Malcolm Turnbull uh, approved it and, and it was effectively announced to the community after it had been submitted to the Commonwealth Government for funding and had, so, and had uh, been successful in uh, gaining uh, funding for it. Um, that's a large reason for why it wasn't successful. And in fact, uh, a couple of weeks later, I think about 6,000 people um, had signed a petition that turned up on the federal member, Ian McFarlane's desk in, in Toowoomba, saying, we don't want this. Um, thank you very much. We don't want to drink recycled sewerage. We don't know anything about it. We haven't seen successful schemes operating in Australia. We haven't really... We don't have any familiarity with, with, with this concept. What are you talking about? We're going to take water from our sewage treatment plant and put it back into our drinking water supply, and we're just expect, we're expected to just accept that. And the the um, the local member went back to the Commonwealth government. Malcolm, um, thank you very much for offering this large amount of funding to pay for this project. Uh, we will gratefully accept that on the condition that we run a poll, a plebiscite. Uh, in Toowoomba and we get more than 50% of the community saying that they want it. Uh, and the very moment he said that, it became a political campaign. Mm. There was a yes campaign, there was a no campaign, there were people hanging, handing out balloons with yeses and nos in shopping centres and schools. It became very, very divisive. It was the biggest issue in Toowoomba in 2006 um, and everybody was on one side or the other and, and it, it tore the community apart. It was actually a very horrible time for, for Toowoomba. Um, there was a lot of demonisation of people on both sides. And we've learnt a lot from it. We've learnt that, that you don't treat the community like that. You don't keep the community in the dark. You take them on the journey. That um, you, you present the options, you tell the story, you explain why this is an important strategy. Uh, and in that way, you win the support of, of the community to, to find a viable solution for their city. And just finally, um, what is the international trend? You were saying earlier that um, more for um, the atmospherics and the and and the uh, public support. Traditionally, recycled water has been flushed back into the environment, into the dam, wherever, uh, and then drawn back into the water system just to give people that peace of mind that that it is pure, clean water. Uh, what is the international trend in terms of acceptance of this? So yes, we use that term indirect potable reuse um, to to indicate that. Traditionally, the way that we do drinking recycled water is we take water from a wastewater treatment plant, we treat it to a very high quality, and then we put it back out into the environment in some way. So and there's no actual purpose to doing that? No, I wouldn't say there's no actual purpose. There are numerous purposes. Uh, in many cases, there is a water quality improvement, and especially if you look at the way that the Perth system has been designed, where water is moving underground for a very long period of time, potentially 30 or 40 years, um, you get significant water quality improvements as a consequence of doing that. But we rarely give credit to that improvement. It's rarely an important part of the engineered scheme in terms of how we're managing the water and how we're managing um, the, the ex removal of, of contaminants from that water. Um, but it's not really the major driver and it's not really how we manage water quality. And in fact, the, one of the main things that um, water utilities have spoken about and at conferences that people spoke about over the last 20 years um, looking at um, why we do indirect potable reuse is that it has an important public perception role that the community... Um, identifies water that has been back out into the environment 
um, as somehow being purified by natural processes, which is not entirely incorrect. Um, but the degree of purification that we're looking for, it's, it's generally pretty insignificant. So, so it, I guess it's a little bit cynical in, in a sense that the, the, the um, environmental buffer has been used in that sense that um, it might make the, the whole project easier to sell or easier to accept. Um, and is acceptance of this, uh, this reuse of water, recycling of water, gaining enough support that that might become unnecessary? Well, I think both. I think that, yes, um, now that there are lots of big successful water recycling schemes around the world to point to, really only the one in Australia, but um, uh, numerous schemes in the US and big schemes in California, um, I think acceptance has grown significantly and there's social science that, that, that demonstrates that. But there's also some very interesting uh, social science that indicates that maybe that perception that the community requires this return to the environment is a bit flawed as well. And in fact, uh, when, when you start to explain the realities of the water cycle, that all water goes around and there are cities all over the world that are drinking water out of rivers that contain sewage, that contain wastewater from upstream. And when you start building the types of schemes that we're talking about, recycled water schemes, all you're really doing is managing that process to a much closer degree and putting a lot more regulation uh, on the water quality and the control of that process. Uh, so that, that, that once this has been explained to people and the people have a good understanding of, of the hydrologic cycle, the urban hydrologic cycle, I guess, um, the people actually start to identify that maybe a more direct system makes sense where, where you're actually uh, and containing that water in an enclosed system. You treat the water to a very high quality, you maintain that very high quality uh, and you maintain control over that, that water as it is then able to go back into a drinking water supply system. It's fascinating. It's engineering, it's politics, it's yeah. social science, behavioural economics, the whole lot. Thanks yeah. so much for talking about it. Great, thank you. Thanks for having me. This is the Australian Water Association podcast series. 